0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast for Week 8. I'm Cliff Hickman, and I'm here with Peter Holland, Jr. from the Kent Repository. Peter, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing fantastic.
0: How are you doing, Cliff? I'm doing great as well. We're starting to head into the home stretch when it comes to the regular season of the uh, high school football season. As weird as that is to say, it's hard to believe it's Week 8, Peter.
1: Um, I really don't know how to Prosper that It it was just like I feel like I was I feel like it was just been a week I feel like it's been like yesterday When I was at McKinley Covering um, their first game Against Manor I And A couple months later Look Look who we are We're down to Two to three more games left Crazy
0: Yes uh, Just a couple of more opportunities for teams to gather those all important computer points for the playoffs. And you mentioned McKinley. I guess we're going to start there. Really intriguing game. We have Jackson at McKinley this week, Peter.
1: Oh yeah. This is the best, best game on Friday. I'm definitely here to watch, man. Cliff, you got to give me my flowers, man, because I was, I was pretty much on the money on last week's prediction that McKinley, if the only team that was gonna take down Lake was gonna be McKinley and that's exactly what they did. It was a tough one, but they're the McKinley is continuing to roll after an own full start, own four start, winning three in a row. Um McKinley is just looking like what we expect them to be. And now they're and now they're sitting here, sitting with one of the top teams in the Federal League as they supposed to be. You know, um so um I'm I'm letting this mechanic team continue to roll and obviously Nino Hill was is continuing to be a difference maker to them. He's already landed the nine hundred yard mark after just what it had to set out for three games, I believe, after he transferred.
0: Yeah. So,
1: and he and just look at him, just can you imagine if he played week one and how many numbers of yards he could have had. He couldn't make up. That's that's the crazy about it. He's only a sophomore, so he's still growing. He's not even in his full grown man body yet, and he's putting up in incredible numbers, and you also gotta give more credit, also credit to that def- that offensive line. Well, I don't think we even mentioned that. They're big up front, that they got guys somewhere between, what, 250 up to 330 pounds. So they're big, they're really big up front, and that's gonna get- and it's not- and it's not to take with Jackson, cause Jackson's pretty big too. But I think that and they're they're starting to roll themselves, but it's gonna be interesting how they will game plan against this McKinney team and even on Jackson's side. I'm really serious to see how they will um how they're gonna stop their running back, um what Jason David and also and also um how they're utilizing all three of their quarterbacks. So that's gonna be probably a, a that's gonna be something that's gonna be uh, very interesting to see of how Antonio Hall is going to try to try, try. But I think at the end of the day, I think McKinley, they just have the better talent. They just have the better athletes with Nino, um, Keaton Rode is rolling, Sincere McNeil, um, they're big boys up front. I just definitely see McKinley um, continue to roll. And they're at home. That allows us to help as well.
0: Yes, I got a good look at uh, Jackson last week. You mentioned uh, Jason Davide there, and he uh, helped them jump all over Glen Oak. I thought that was going to be a competitive game, and things went wrong for the Golden Eagles right from the start, and they just could not get on track, and Jackson capitalized on everything. Uh, Davide had four rushing touchdowns in the first half. Well over 100 yards. They had a running clock very early in the second half in that one. But you mentioned McKinley on a roll. They're the first team to beat Lake. And for whatever reason, they have had Jackson's number. They have beaten the Polar Bears 15 consecutive times, Peter. Wow.
1: That's – wow. They – I don't know how to respond to that.
0: (laughs) That's – That's That's a tough one. That's At a certain point, you get on those streaks sometimes, and that does get into your head a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. These are two teams that are playing pretty well right now, and I think it's going to be a great game. And like you mentioned, you called a big week for McKinley last week. So uh, what type of flowers do you prefer there, Peter?
1: Uh, I'll probably take a couple roses. I'm, I'm a rose kind of guy.
0: Well there you are, so make sure you you send them <laughs> there and care of peter you you heard it there, <laughs> and you mentioned lake they're gonna try to get back on track. no easy task though they've got North Canton Hoover who has uh quietly put together a five and two two and one season within the federal league, so if they want to stay in the hunt for the federal league they've got they've got a deal with North Canton Hoover this week.
1: You teams can't afford to lose as as you mentioned that they're trying to stay afloat and contend for the Federal League title. So neither of them cannot afford to lose this game for sure. Um Lake they, they gotta bounce back and they gotta bounce back after losing to McKinley and it was a close one. Now, know, literally came down to what, by by that final final drive. So they they're just looking to bounce back from that and on obviously on North Canton side, uh they, they're they're continuing to keep rolling. They're st- they're still um they're starting to look they're starting to look like what they're supposed to look like as well. You know, everyone is rolling with Carson dark I say saying Dierland. It's a Dierland. Durland.
0: Yes, Carson
1: <laughs> a- Forgive hmm. me for anyone who's listening. Um, I'm still learning about these players and their names, so forgive me on that. Um, him, Luke Roach. Um. Combined for a 1,035 yards on the ground. So they're running the football really well. And um, But I think the X factor of that game is Mason Asby. Put them in an open space on kickoff return, it's a wrap. So I want to see how I think it's going to not even come down to either offense, defense, but special teams as well. So that's probably going to be definitely the eye test of that game.
0: Yeah, I think this is gonna be a great one. Lake's got weapons all over the place. They've got uh Matt Solberger at running back who's been playing well. I I think this is gonna be another one of those fun uh week eight matchups. And uh speaking of a place you know really well, Peter, you've got uh and speaking of names you're gonna butcher. Uh I'm definitely gonna butcher this one. I think it's pronounced Kinesius. From New York is at Maslin this week. Did I, I get that I one right? I believe it's.
1: I think it's just Canisius. Canisius?
0: Canisius? Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Bevin's our our um, sports editor. Kind of um, pronounced it for me when we were talking about it. It's Canisius.
0: All right. So how was how was that one looking, Peter?
1: Um, well, obviously, Matt on the Maslin side, they are rolling as usual. This was their sixth straight victory against after their win over middletown. um My concern for Maslin right now is they gotta avoid these bad starts that's that's starting to look like a a bad habit for them in these past couple of weeks um against middletown. they were down twelve zip before they put out thirty five unanswered points uh You cannot afford that you, you can't afford especially when between now and the postseason when you're going against a team that is on the same level as you, whether it's St. Ed's, whether it's um, any of these city teams in Cleveland, you cannot afford bad starts. And I'm hoping Nate Moore is preaching that to them um, every week as they go, as they prepare for Canisius. But other than that, Maslin has been dominated up front, um, the front seven on defense. They got, what I what was the stat I saw They had 16 sacks this season 54 tackles for loss That is outstanding While they're a little bit Lacking on the turnover side They have the They just have enough guys to just get to the quarterback Quick enough where they don't need that many turnovers So that's That's really good to see And um, we met we, Every week we mentioned the, the usual suspects Wiltshire Harson, being their playmaker on playmaker, um, Jalen Slaughter and Ardell Banks, but a guy that we haven't, I, I don't even think I mentioned is Dorian Pringle, how much of a difference maker he made on defense. Uh, he's the guy who leads in both tackles, sacks, and tackles for loss. So, his guy has been everywhere, and I, and I just love the way they just use him in blitz packages, especially on third down, and he just somehow shoots the gaps and gets to the quarterback. Dorian Pringle, and he's only a junior too, so we're going to see more of him next year as well at both running back and at, um, at a linebacker. Um, on Kennace's side, uh, this is a, I don't know if I want to say they're rebuilding because they are three and two right now. Maybe because they do have talent over there, but this is a team that is with their, their head coach isn't, they got a head coach that's in his first season. Um, well, he is a well-respected coach but his first season with Can- with Kanacious. Uh, they're coming off a, a shutout loss themselves, kinda like what Glenn Oak went through. i um, losing to a team named Lancaster that's unbeaten. So, they got something to prove as well, and they got, t- and they got talent all around as well. Even though they don't have a lot of depth, cause there's a lot of young guys, but, uh, I- Canation is definitely going to come here. I feel like they got something to prove, and why not prove against another top-tier program like Maslin. So we'll see, but I think Maslin is definitely the better team all around.
0: Absolutely. Another great game to keep an eye on there. I'm going to be over an alliance this week, Peter, and we've got the game that may end up deciding who takes the Eastern Buckeye Conference Championship this year. West Branch at 6 and 1 2 and 0 at Alliance. Also 6 and 1 2 and 0 and when you look at this one, of course the first thing that jumps in your mind are the quarterbacks. You got West Branch, you got Eastern Illinois recruit Drew Deshields. He's thrown 27 touchdowns and no interceptions this season mm. with 1900 yards. Just impressive numbers all around.
1: That is amazing. Man, nothing there's nothing but being excited about two top-tier quarterbacks going against each other. I'm definitely excited for it. Got to speak to both of them in the off-season, and those guys are definitely the best teams in our area, by far. Drew DeShields you mentioned, guy that never makes any mistakes, and I think probably what really also separate way compared to this year and last year is that he doesn't necessarily have to do everything like he did last season. You know, he focused more on just his passing game. And they established a running game with an actual running back in Boston, Monics. Um He's at yes. 556 yards, nine touchdowns. He's only a sophomore. That's another positive look for um, Wes Brands, that they have another offensive weapon to depend upon on the ground. On the Lions side, you know, Brandon Zerbrook, uh, not, no statue of himself either, man. 1,464 yards, 15 touchdowns, only three interceptions, it might. Um, so he's, and also he's effective on the ground with 602 yards on the ground and eight more touchdowns. But, and then you also got Caden Davis, who's already reached that thousand yard mark as well. So this is a pretty, pretty good matchup on both sides. And we're going to see who's the better, who has the better explosive offense? I think it's definitely gonna is gonna come down to the wire for sure.
0: Yeah, I think this is gonna be just an absolutely tremendous game and just the other players that we we don't mention because both teams have so many. You've got Joey Jackson there at West Branch at wide receiver and on special teams, a really dangerous uh return guy. Then you get an Alliance's receivers. Uh, players like Kayvon Davis we've talked about a little bit, but then there's Ramir Hawkins and players like that that don't get mentioned just because there's so much talent on both of these teams. I, I think this is going to be a really great game, Peter.
1: Yeah, Ramir Hawkins is definitely the breakout player for Alliance. You know, he stepped in to being that dependable wide receiver as well, being that go-to receiver for uh, For, um, Zurbrug. So, yeah, man, there's a lot, just so many talent all around in this game, man. I don't, I don't know, Cliff, you should probably, probably look at this, see if any college guys are looking at these guys. You know, I know they're in a small conference, but you got, there's talent all around for sure.
0: Yes. I, I know Division One schools have been interested in Brendan Zurbrug. Uh, Drew DeShield's already verbally committed and then, um, you have Caden Davis with Youngstown State and mm-hmm. many more players from either one of these teams that could come off the board. As you mentioned, definitely something to keep an eye on. And, uh, one final game, Peter, I'd like to throw out there. We've got Perry at four and three against Green at three and four. Green trying to snap a three game losing streak. Yeah.
1: yeah. Green is. I don't know what's up with Green right now. That they started off so well, and they just been on the downfall after that Talmadge loss. So I don't know what's what's going on with Green. Um, one thing for sure that we're talking about two different style of offense. Perry, obviously, the team that's going to run the football a whole lot. There's really not really much um, to really not much to explain there with their wing T offense and. We'll see how they're going to stop DeAndre Church, who's, 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 the, um, the hardest on that offense. And he's on the verge of a thousand yard, um, a thousand yard season as well. And Green, I mean, their offense is stout, but, uh, with Robbie Klockner and Zach, um, how do you say his name? Baglia? That's how you say it? Yes. Zach, is, Zach, Zach Baglia?
0: Baglia?
1: Yes. Um, those guys are going to do their thing, but who's going to step up? Well, who else is going to step up for Green, especially on the defensive side, when you're going against this week team offense? So <laughs> Green aren't if Green was looking to bounce back or looking to get back on track, this is the this is the game game for them. You know they're they're at home, they're at home, and we'll see. I think this is never going to be a I'll definitely be another close one, but they cannot afford another devastating loss as well.
0: Yeah, and like you mentioned, you want to talk about a contrast in styles. There's no mystery what either team's going to do. Green only had uh, one running back on the roster, and they are in an empty spread book pretty much every snap, whereas Perry, they got three running backs in the backfield. So that should be uh, really interesting to keep an eye on.
1: Uh, only run running back? I know yes,
0: that. the only one player on the entire roster is designated as a running back. Now they sometimes will use the jet sweep with receivers and there's probably semantics there, but you know what I've, mean? they, they've only designated, I think, and I think it's an underclassman, at least when I saw them against McKinley, uh, such was the case, but that may have changed over the past couple of weeks.
1: Wow. That's, that's interesting to know. Typically, Running backs is usually not the issue for a lot of these high schools because they love running backs up here. And the fact that Green only has one, that's that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I think they they run a lot of Jets. And the, if they are going to run it and they don't do it much, it's usually one of those type things or it's Klockner taking off with it. And speaking of running backs, one final note I'll mention. A uh, game I will keep a slight eye on, Carrollton at Salem. Carrollton running back Chase Olstrom needs 199 rushing yards to reach 5,000 for his career. That's, That's not it. out of the realm of possibility. He had 198 against the Lions last week.
1: I about to say, is that all? That's all? He needs 199?
0: Yeah, that is it.
1: Because <laughs> I know they feed him the ball a lot as well, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if he hits it tonight. Oh, Friday night, I mean, I wish it was Friday right now, but yeah, uh, um, Chase Alstrom, what a career he's having, five, hitting that 5,000 yards, Um definitely will be something to watch, and uh, Salem is, Salem, they got, they're no slouch either, they're five and two, they got a pretty good, solid quarterback in Jack Johnson, um, who can do it all for them? So I'm um, definitely going to see how they're going to stop them, and I'm just curious to see how Salem is going to find a way to um, disrupt uh, disrupt that um th- disrupt the running game for Carrollton.
0: Yes, uh, Salem is one of those teams that I when when the EBC was bigger and you had Louisville and Canton South and some of those other teams, I always know that was. A tricky game because the uh, Salem offense is very unique down to the point coaches used to tell me it was almost like sandlot or backyard football, the The way their offense is organized. it's uh, it, There's definitely a method to the madness, but they do things you would not expect, and uh, they're a, a lot of fun to watch. So I think that is a game inside the Eastern Buckeye Conference that is definitely going to Make for some, some headlines Friday, one way or another.
1: Sure, sure. I, I got a question for you, Cliff. I need, a, yes. I, need a real, I need a bold prediction for you. Which, which one, which team's gonna get their first win? Marlington or Minerva?
0: You know, Marlington, I, if you asked me that, I would take Marlington off the top of my head, only because I know this is the first team they've played with any sort of losing record. The schedule, has been absolutely crazy for them. I saw them early in the season against uh, Northwest. Head coach Phil Morrow does a great job of getting the most out of his kids. I thought they were really competitive in that game, despite Northwest leading all the statistical categories. They found a way to hang around. Coach Morrow needs just one win to reach 200. I really like Bo Himmelheber for Marlington. He's a wide receiver, but it's not uncommon to see him lining up in the backfield and taking carries. I know they gave him some snaps at quarterback in the preseason. He's also one of the key guys in the secondary and he's also their return man. So that, I, if I had to make a pick, I would pick Marlington this week. I think Minerva is in the process of really building that program. Um Coach Tim Speakman, I think, has got him headed in the right direction. When I talked to him in the preseason, he knew this was going to be a process. And in a lot of ways, he said his main goal this year was to just teach the kids the game and, you know, get them headed in the right direction. And I I think they're doing that, but it's going to take some time. So I, I think my choice would be Marlington on the spot here. In the words
1: of Joel Embiid, Trust the process.
0: Yes, absolutely. That, uh, that seemed to work out for them, didn't it?
1: <laughs>
0: absolutely. But, all right, Peter, I think that is going to do it for this episode of the Friday Night Ohio podcast. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And we certainly want to thank everybody for listening and we will catch you next week.